Good morning, everyone. My name is Steven Dutzman. I am the founder of EngagedFamilyGaming.com, and this is my ride to work. Uh, here we are. It is uh, Tuesday, November 20th. Uh, we are in the middle of the work week for uh, the holiday week, which is uh, Thanksgiving in North America. Um, so interestingly enough, it is a slow news week. Um, so nothing was really announced or discussed yesterday that I could really like bite into and talk about today. Um, but uh, there is a topic that's been kind of bopping around in my head for a while, and I wanted to talk about it eventually, and I thought, hey, you know what, why not save it for a slow day? Um, I want to talk about user reviews, specifically user reviews and user scores, etc., for media, like video games, movies, etc. Um, the long and short of it is I think they're useless, and, beyond, and actually more than useless, I actually think that they are dangerous. Um, and let me talk about why. Um, so I guess the first thing to do is let's talk about what a user review is, right? You know, we're all used to, you know, going to Amazon and looking at the stars on the number of products that we're buying or, you know, things like that, or the, the number of stars that are on the products that we want to buy, you know, because we want to see, like, has anybody had a bad experience with it, right? Like, if somebody bought a toaster and, you know, it's got two stars because it keeps burning people's houses down... And, like, the one person that it didn't, like, burn their kitchen gave it five stars and it all averaged it. Like, maybe we don't want to buy that toaster, right? Like, you would expect with a commercial product like that that um, the user reviews would give you, like, an accurate reflection of whether or not, um, you know, whether or not it was a, um, you know, whether or not it was it works and whether or not it's you know it fits right or whatever um and that makes sense for things like sweater vests and toasters and computers and webcams and things like that right um and that ma- it makes sense because those products um there's no real like opinion doesn't necessarily come into play right like if it were it some people, you know, might be more forgiving than others, but like if a toaster breaks after you use it three times, most people are going to have that experience. And I think most reasonable people will have the same response to that. It's like, I bought this thing. It's supposed to work. Um, and so as a result, you know, that's my expectation, right? My expectation is that I buy a thing. It's supposed to work. I buy a shirt. It's supposed to fit. I buy laundry detergent. It's supposed to clean my clothes. Um, right? So one can assume that, you know, that, that we're all kind of on the same page. And I think that for those types of products, it's super valuable. I will never buy a product that I don't, you know, I'll never buy a piece of electronics or, um, you know, a mouse or any of that stuff without checking user reviews ever. Because I want to know, like, does it work? Is it loud or, you know, whatever. Um, I just bought a pair of gloves on Amazon because I have to walk from the parking garage into my building. And so I bought a pair of gloves and I wanted to know if they fit. So I went to the user reviews to find out, like, what do they run? Like, how, how big are they? And so I, I, I want to be clear when I say, like, that's what a user review is. And I think for those types of products, it is 
indispensable. Like you must have those products, right? Like you got to have user reviews because um, they're going to give you like an accurate real world picture of whether or not those products work and if they are convenient and if they do what they are supposed to do. Um, and part of that is because a review is <coughs> what is the ex, you know, and I guess let's talk about what a review is in a second. Um, and so I agree with those wholeheartedly. I think user reviews fall apart, um, especially for media, because everyone's expectations from media is different, right? It's what I expect from a video game and what you expect from a video game or what I expect from a board game and what you expect from a board game are very different things. Um, and they are deeply personal things. Um, whereas when I buy a toaster, I expect it to toast my toast evenly and not be a pain and not like have toast get stuck in it and not like catch on fire, right? Like we all kind of expect the same things from our toasters. So, and why do I keep talking about like expectations here? And I, I, when I got started working on Gage Family Gaming and, you know, working in games, I asked for a good definition of like, what is a review? Um, and, you know, there's a lot of disagreement among games journalists about that, but the definition that I liked the best is how well is a review is an analysis of how well a game or movie or what have you delivered or executed against its expectations, right? Um, and I think that is a really kind of a good way of describing what these things are, right? The, um, so games, everyone has a different expectation, right? We all want something different out of it. And so as a result, our reviews are going to be difficult to kind of parse and compare because, you know, we all want different things. And so, um, professional video game reviewers are able to, um, you know, kind of do something a little bit special with these expectations, right? Like they are trained, especially if they are good at it. Like a critic is good at separating the ex their personal expectations of a game from kind of the expectations, like the table that was set by the developer, right? Like they say, this is what this game is going to be, right? And we have to judge it based on those standards, not necessarily our own personal ones. At least that's when you're, what happens when you're putting out a review, right? And so, like when I'm playing Spider-Man, like I know what Insomniac and Sony told me this game was going to be. And I am judging it against those standards, not necessarily against my own expectations. For example, if I just wanted to play a JRPG that day, um, and then I turned on Spider-Man, I would be disappointed, right? Because that's not a JRPG. Um, and, it, it, I mean, by any stretch of the word, right? Like, it's an action game. So, it, the, so I have to 
take my expectations out of it. Now, that doesn't mean I can't take my own experiences and opinions out of it, right? Like, everything is shaped by my own opinions. But we have to be, we have to deal with, like, I'm not making that Spider-Man game, Insomniac game. So I can't judge it against what I would have done if I made a Spider-Man game. Um, I have to judge it based on what they did and how well they executed. That's what professional critics do for the most part, right? Um, and everybody has their own little flavor on, you know, kind of what they, how they do that. User reviews fail in this because in, for a couple of reasons. One, um, because in general, not everyone, you know, being a critic is a skill. Having an opinion is not a skill. Having an opinion, having an opinion is the human condition. But being a critic is a skill. It is something that you are either good at or you are bad at. It's like being a cook. Everyone can throw a steak on a fire, but not everyone has it turn out like Gordon Rams. I mean, anyone could cook an egg. But if you've seen me cook an egg and my wife cook an egg, you would know that cooking is a skill. One that I do not have. Right? So user reviews... Number one, they struggle for that reason, right? Like a lot of people who write these user reviews are not skilled at measuring and weighing their own expectations versus the expectations set by the developer and the publisher and formulating that into a response. So that's problematic in and of itself, right? Like, you know, you have to be able to do that in order to be able to put forth a valuable review because... If you're only reviewing it, if you're providing information just from your own expectations, you're not actually going to be help writing something that is helpful to another person because their expectations will be different. My brother and I are not the same, right? My brother and I like different, we like some of the same games, but our expectations are different, right? I prefer my games respect my time, so I really don't like games that waste it, whereas my brother loves the grind. He loves to play a game and be challenged by it. He loves to work at it. Whereas I play games on easy. So I want my games to be easy. Because sometimes I just want to feel like a superhero. Um, right? And so he... So if... So someone that was writing from a perspective of, oh, I want it to be challenging. And I want to be pushed to the limit. Like, they can't really write a review that would be of value to me if... They, if they just assumed everything had to be that way, right? Like, they have to, you have to look at what the games are. Like, the new Paw Patrol video game is not going to be super hard, right? So, that's part one. Um, and I, I think it's certainly kind of, you know, it's relevant there. Um, the, so that's one reason why I really think that there's problems with that, um, with the user reviews. The second one, and this is one that I have started to see, um, more recently, um, and it's becoming a regular thing, which is, you know, not only are user reviews problematic in their own right, but they are now, I I think, made useless by the act of review bombing. And here's what a review bomb is. It's where a group of people who are upset about a given topic 
or a given game will go to review sites like Metacritic or really anywhere that allows user reviews and as a group coordinate their efforts or just kind of form a mob to give a game an aggre- a, ga- a game or a movie an aggressively bad score um, in an attempt <coughs> to express their disappointment and outrage over a game not being exactly what they want. Um, and so um, the most recent example are hardcore Pokemon fans who have gone to Metacritic and review bombed Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Um, and the, the reason is that they feel, you know, that the reason they are giving is that they feel that it's a cash grab and that it is not a real Pokemon game and that it removes the core function of the franchise, that it is too simple, that it is dumbed down. And here's the problem. Nintendo explicitly stated that this game was going to be dumbed down. They set the table. They set the expectation. Look, we are making a game for younger gamers. We're making a game for people that don't necessarily want to engage with the hardcore Pokemon experience. This is just a Pokemon-branded kids game, right? Like, this is meant to be easier. There will be some hard content in it, but this is a game that is meant for younger and less experienced players. Full stop. They said it at every turn, and they also said, and by the way, don't worry if you want a hardcore Pokemon RPG that's coming in 2019 with Generation 8. And yet... Some of the hardest of the hardcore Pokemon fans, in spite of the fact that they are forgetting that Pokemon is for children anyway, but I, that's a, that's another story, are review bombing the game to try and punish Nintendo and the Pokemon company for all the reasons that I listed before. The same thing is happening to Fallout 76, where the people who play this game and wanted multiplayer Fallout are getting a multiplayer Fallout game and they are thrilled and they are enjoying it. But everybody who just wanted another Fallout RPG with you know lots of NPCs and lots of shenanigans that they can do is very disappointed. And so as a result, they're review bombing the game. Which is a little weird because when we look at the expectations set by the developer and the publisher, they specifically said this is an experiment. This is something new that we are trying. It's a new way to play in the Fallout universe. If you want more expansive role-playing games, don't worry. We're making two more that will be coming in the future. So just wait. And yet people are still incapable of managing those expectations and are attempting to punish it. Another example is Star Wars The Last Jedi. Like, people who don't like the new direction of the Star Wars series are review bombing it for some of the same reasons. And again, this one's a little bit different um, because 
Disney has said has been you know trying to say you know, this is, you know it's part of the same Star Wars universe and things like that. So I I can understand why people might be disappointed, but to roll in and give the Last Jedi a zero user score is a little because you don't like the fact that there's a woman at the head of the as the main character um, is a little odd to me. Um, it's a little on the nose, it's hard for me, you know, like, come on guys, like, there's no way that this is a zero, like, every part of this movie was not bad, like, zero is fundamentally broken, and some of, you know, how many of you are gonna watch The Last Jedi and give it a zero, and then watch, like, Dude, Where's My Car, and give it a high score, and it's like, no, I mean, come on, so, it's, bothersome to me that we have a situation where there are um, where, where this is happening um, and if the answer there are really only two answers just stop allowing user reviews from media just stop it um, or somehow train everyone on how to be a critic and, and I really don't think that that's going to happen um, you know mob mentality is a thing we know that we have learned that social media empowers that to a degree, I, I don't necessarily mind that. They just need to be kept in check. And the way you keep that in check is by just kind of not letting everyone have a say. Everyone's allowed to have an opinion, right? They can tweet about it. They can complain about it. They can write Facebook posts. But by letting people give a game or a movie a score, you are inviting opinions that that frankly don't matter um, because you know Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu the day that the game came out all of a sudden thousands of very low scores came in with comments about how it's a cash grab etc like I know Nintendo doesn't send out review copies to everyone they don't send out review copies to us at Engaged Family Gaming so I'm sure they didn't send out review copies to just some random guy with a, without a blog. And so as a result, I, I'm very confident that perhaps they didn't even buy it. Um, and, and that's an issue, right? Like you shouldn't be able to review something that you've never purchased. And so, I mean, we could bounce around all this. I think the easiest way to do this is Metacritic and, you know, um, you know all these different sites or, you know, that, that allow for user reviews, Metacritic, Amazon, etc., should simply not allow them on pieces of media. Um, I, I think that's just the, the, that's the short answer, and that's to me the simplest answer um, that would allow for, um, you know, the, I mean, it, it'd be a, a, an easy fix, right? Like just stop allowing their user reviews. Um, so I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm going to be sharing this in the Engage Family Gaming community. <coughs> that is, uh, you can get there by going to engagefamilygaming.com slash community. Um, and, you know, let us, let me know. What do you think? You know, do you think that it's okay? I mean, maybe I'm wrong and off base. I mean, I, I, I'm willing to accept that I'm wrong. Do you think that user reviews are acceptable and that we, that we should let everybody have that voice? And maybe just accept the fact that there are going to be some people that just 
throw out crap reviews uh, just as a uh, means of punishing people. Um, so yeah, let, let me know in the comments. And um, until next time, uh, I will see you tomorrow. We have a very uh, special day. Tomorrow is the 20th anniversary of the North American release of The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. So we're going to be talking about that. So um, until next time, I do hope you have a wonderful day. And uh, don't forget to get your family game on. We'll see you soon. Bye.